Welcome to Appetite for Production. We're here to chew bubblegum and talk shit about plugins, and we're all out of bubblegum. <laughs> That's right, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> who who are we before we go any further? Oh God, I don't know anymore. Man. Okay, yeah, I yeah I know, mate. One of those one of those fortnights. Um, let me spell it out for you, James Russell. You're James Russell. Oh, really? You're a music tech journo. I'm Tim Can. Basically the same thing. Excellent. And uh, we're going to cast our rye eye over possibly not that much music tech news. No, there's only some. There's plenty of music tech news. There are plugins. There is a big release <laughs> of Loop Cloud. There is even a book that we might talk about, but we'll get to that later. A book? is So that a book, let me get this straight, that's something where you swipe the pages to make them turn is that right uh yeah you swipe left to turn the page <laughs> okay wicked got it okay let's do this then let's get the hell on with it hey, hey, hey. tim something massive has happened to you uh yeah it's quite big yeah you have managed finally to go to America. Yeah, I went to America on the company dime. Oh, yeah. Which is the dream or whatever. Um, it seems like everyone gets to go to America in a work-related capacity. Never Timmy. Until now, it's finally happened. Yeah. So what were you there for, officially speaking? I was there to do a Future Music Steinberg studio session with an a kind of ambient noise artist. Oh, brilliant. And soundtrack guy called Daru. Uh-huh. Not Darude, um, unfortunately, of Sandstorm fame. But, you know, still pretty good. Um, and it was in LA, would you believe, James? I don't know if you know this, is a large city is in America. Is it? Okay. Yep. I believe it's uh, Spanish for a whale's vagina <laughs> yes, that's right you gotta stop nicking those uh ron burgundy quotes actually while i was in the hotel i saw talladega nights on tv okay. as well and i uh, remember how much i enjoyed that um so yeah so and i managed to blag a little bit of extra time as well ah. but a little bit of timmy time so okay. that i could uh, check out the city because i'd never been to the west coast of america before so tell me about your american jaunt okay i'm um, gonna just sip and sup on this uh, whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> very appropriate. So yeah, so um, I'll talk about the I'll talk about the shoot first to make it sound like I care about the music tech stuff, okay. right? Um, so it's a key-based thing as it is uh, always with the Steinberg Studio session, and the guy Daru does has this technique that he demonstrated, which is apparently a bit like this. Have you heard of this, like, spectral sort of uh, composition stuff? Uh, spectral composition? I don't think so. Well, so it's like the deal is you're recreating the spectral quality of other sounds using an orchestra. Okay. Now, this seems to me to have an inherent flaw. I mean, I'm not saying that I know better than all, <laughs> like, classical and, you know clever music and that or whatever but obviously uh, orchestral instruments have got rather a lot of harmonics um you know getting in the mix there i mean i haven't actually heard any of this music so it's a little <laughs> bit rich of me to judge it but it doesn't sound like a very good idea if but, only there was a way to reduce certain frequencies oh mate of the audio spectrum oh mate do you know what filters mate they're amazing. Okay. Is anyway, some new, uh, some new software. They've just come out with them. Yeah, it's going to be big. So what this guy was showing off was he was recording something like he's playing a, like a chord on the piano. Basically, he was turning the audio.
video into MIDI data or whatever. He was spectrally analysing it. He was like, I think he was doing it with some of Cubase's um, audio to MIDI stuff. I haven't reviewed the footage and this feels like a long time ago now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then he was using that data. So he was like triggering it. So it was like additive synthesis via MIDI. So you were building up the sound actually in the MIDI grid editor. And then he was using that data to trigger UVI Falcon. Are you oh, aware wow. of yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, popular. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'd never seen anyone use it before. So I was quite interested. It looks pretty cool. It looks like a kind of maybe more involved, you know, take on contact, maybe midway between a contact and an omnisphere, Ooh. one might say. Um, so yeah, so he was triggering some sine waves and morphing into squares in that and uh, yeah it was kind of interesting and yeah check out check out the video when it drops in a few weeks or whatever if you uh, are interested in the sound of that anyway so well that sounds like a uh, sounds like an interesting take on uh, doing things and i imagine if uh, you could eventually get an actual orchestra to sort of Resynthesize stuff like that. That'd also be cool. Well, this is this is apparently a whole discipline. So there's stuff out there that people did. Like he had books on this stuff. So yeah. it's, you know, he in fact he had the most books. Like you know, um, sound design, classical composition, all that stuff. He had the most books on music I've ever seen, mate. It mm. was ridiculous. So he's clearly very into this stuff. Do and- these books appear on the video? You won't be able to see the books in the video, uh, unfortunately. Are they e-books, Tim? No, they were real books, okay. mate. Real hard, well, not even hardbacks, but, you know, big chunky books. Um, so he's clearly very into it, and he had a quite tasty modular setup as well, and, you know, f- just general fanciness. Um, so anyway, that was all out of the way, right? So okay. obviously... Let's get to what you really want to talk the, about. Okay, so did you know that weed is legal in LA, James? I do. Okay. On an unrelated note, I was at a dispensary, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, I just thought I'd go and check it out and everything. And I was talking to the woman there. And she was asking me what I was uh, doing in the country, because obviously I'm not American. And I was like, oh, I'm doing this video on this uh, music producer. And do you know what, mate? Mm. She was reading the flipping Ableton How to Make Music book. No way. Yeah, man. And she was like, oh, yeah, I make pop music and all this sort of stuff and everything. I was like, oh, really? Are you on, like, uh, SoundCloud or Bandcamp? She's like, no, I'm on Spotify. And I was like, oh, that's cool or whatever. So, um, and she seemed very nice and everything. So I checked out her one of her spot, uh, Spotify pages afterwards or whatever. And her top track had something like 330,000 listens, mate. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God, this is serious shit, basically. People aren't playing around. And it made me very glad I didn't give her my Spotify yeah. uh, page, <laughs> which has a, a very minuscule fraction of those kind of plays i guess like i've always been saying if you want to be successful in music all you need to do is dot around at a weed shop well yeah well it turns out it's true and i guess being in a massive sort of entertainment hub or whatever doesn't hurt either and then i was um i wanted to look up her name and to give her a shout out it's well she has seems to have two spotify pages for some reason avalon and avalon lurks check out tunes i um, (laughs) when i was researching that i found out she's featured on a track on the most recent tricky album as well okay. would you believe so it's like so that immediately you know that that set the tone for things uh to come or whatever so anyway i wanted to have a bit of a look around as you do it turns out you can't walk to places in la yeah i've heard that because it's well i'd heard it i ignored it i was like 
mate, I'll walk around. I don't need a car. I am better than everyone else. <laughs> um, it turns out within 90 minutes, your brain will be fried from the sunshine. Okay. So I ended up having to bite the bullet and Kill invest yourself. in some... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot yourself in the shoot, mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a shotgun. Um, no, I didn't do that. It was, it was the closest hear, thing, though, mate. They're very good at treating gunshots, so you, oh, look, yeah. you look great Ma- for someone who shot himself in the face. Thanks, mate. Also, I don't have any money for uh, American healthcare. Uh, um, so I decided to avoid that in case I messed it up. Um, so I got some Ubers around. Naturally, I went to Hollywood's. Right. Yes. Which was absolutely freaking rammed. Okay. Would you believe? Um, so I was on like the freaking Walk of Fame or whatever it is where they got the stars on the ground. And obviously. They put you in the Walk of Fame. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was in. I was like, I couldn't believe it. It's like, well, it's nice to know that all my years of uh, service have been recognized. Mm. Um, no, I was looking. I wanted. So I wanted to like get a picture of a star on the Walk of Fame or whatever it is. Um, the first name I saw, would you believe me? Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. <laughs> How did you know yeah, that? You, you sent me a message with it. Oh, did I? Oh shit. Okay. Well, I've totally. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So, so I've uh, blown that one. But um. But yeah. But that I was pretty happy after that. So, after seeing Vin Diesel. Yeah, I was like that. Literally, I could not have seen a better name there, whatever. <laughs> so um, I was like, that, no, that's it. It's not going to get any better than that. Basically. Hang, hang on. How like is it a huge area and you have to oh go it goes on for them? ages and like it is swarming with people or whatever uh-huh. so if you're wandering around with your head down like a muppet looking at all these names uh it's not a bit it's not a very good look surely basically. the strategy is to just go where all the people are standing around a star and that's that's like the famous guy that's like your al pacino or your yeah, Robert De Niro or your other Italian-American actors. Well, I saw somebody, like, paying homage to the Michael Jackson star or whatever mm. and taking it very seriously. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. How do you take a star very seriously? Um, you just touch it up a little bit. Uh, okay. Um, and then after that, uh, there's quite a lot of shops in Hollywood. So I went to Hot Topic. Are you aware of this particular store? Uh, I think I've heard the name. Yeah, it's basically where you go to buy band T-shirts. Ah. And like Weibo shit and like weird stuff like that. I wanted to see if I could get an insane clown posse t-shirt. I could <laughs> not. Um, I did see a very fetching Lisa Frank dress that had like a load of unicorns and rainbows on it. Unfortunately, I don't wear dresses. Ah. Uh, so yeah, and I wasn't, this wasn't a nice enough dre- dress to get me into it. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't bother. And I went to the Disney store as well. I saw a giant um, cuddly stitch but that was that was the best thing I saw. There wasn't really that much going on there, unfortunately. Okay. Um, then what else happened? Oh, I went to a I went to a Japanese garden as well because I wanted to chill out. Basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I'd imagine after after being so compressed by the uh, the um, the attention seeking signs and sights. Well, yeah. I mean, this is not all in chronological order. I have to stress, and I know that's very important. Uh, because this is going to come up in court one day. Um, I went to this Japanese garden, and like you couldn't even walk in there. You had to like walk up the car bit, and then they only <laughs> took ha- yeah. So I felt like all right prawn and then they'd only take cash at the place so then i had to walk back to a freaking atm or whatever 10 minutes away or whatever then back it all very boring um and so i went around this japanese garden and it's kind of surreal 
because it's just like <laughs> made in the desert. So it's all completely artificial, mm. right? And it's on this, it's on the side of this water reclamation facility. <laughs> There's kind of like all these like pumps and weird shit like hidden behind all of these plants and stuff. And it's, right. it's really weird. And it was next to this park where there are a bunch of like sort of Spanish families like having picnics and stuff. So there was this <laughs> really loud like Mexican pop music playing or whatever as I was walking around this Japanese garden. So it was a real sort of cultural mishmash. And when I and they there was some nice brutalism in there, mate. Oh, really? And when in I the left, Japanese garden. Well, yeah, it's it was part of this water reclamation facility or whatever it ah. was. Yeah, so it's like so I was like, mm, I'm digging this kind of fake Zen garden and brutalism vibe. And when I left, I saw there was a sign saying that this place had been used as a location in Star Trek: The Next Generation oh, or whatever. Oh, and I was like, yes, mate, smashed it. Also, I went to the Bradbury Building where. Um, Blade Runner was filmed. Where Brad Berry lives. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and I was like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan. Um, but yeah, and that place is beautiful, but all you can really do is stand on the ground floor and look up at it and <laughs> gawp like a moron. Um, the other thing that I did um, that was one of my favourite things was I went to Taco Bell finally, James. Ah, I've always wanted to go there. Mate, right, okay. I've heard I've heard bad things about it, which hasn't put me off. I went to the one that I could find with the highest star rating uh-huh. on Google Maps to make sure I got a good experience. And it was freaking amazing, mate. What did you have? Okay, so I got a deal, which was like $6, which is just like, you know, a bit under, between five and six quid, I guess. Um, you basically get three mains, right? <laughs> you get a taco, like a like a like a Tex Mex style crispy shell one or whatever. Some weird thing which was like a kind of more like puffy bread that tasted of like cheese or whatever, and there was a load of shit in there. Okay, and a sort of a beef and bean filled burrito or whatever. All of those were delicious. Uh-huh. And, you know, they had fresh veg in and everything. So it really wasn't that bad. And you got a refillable drink. And you got, and this is the kind of like the last and least bit of it. But you got a dessert, which was basically sort of like quavers, but cinnamon flavoured instead. <laughs> I couldn't finish those after the other stuff and everything. But yeah, absolutely incredible value. And uh, yeah, and it really, it was better than I could have imagined. So I definitely want some more Taco Bell. There's like three in the UK or something. But I don't even know if they're that good. And they're, you know, they're in places like Brighton and Thurrock, I think, or something. So (sighs) Everything's always in Thurrock. I know, man. Why does Thurrock always get the best deal? They've got the lakeside. I mean, Blue Water's in vaguely the same area. You know what I'm saying? (sighs) So yeah, so that was it. And um, I also got a bit of an insight into American culture, which is all about um, uh, might being right and strength in the police and the military. And it's slightly dystopian. When did you encounter the police and the military? I didn't see them myself, but it's just from like stuff like seeing what's on tv and also as you go into lax which is a nightmare by the way Mm -hmm. it took me 90 minutes to clear customs and another 90 minutes for my bus to turn up turns out 
don't use public transport over there. <laughs> um, but when I went into LAX, they have like a a big like you know a sign or whatever, and it's the American flag being held up by a bunch of people in like navy uniforms and stuff or whatever. Right, and it's all about kind of like almost like deification of the military and stuff like that. Also, everyone's driving cars and there doesn't seem to be a lot of recycling. So it feels like <laughs> slightly, I was like, oh God, I think the planet's going to end, guys. Um, but, you know, maybe Bernie will get in in the next uh, election or whatever and it'll all be sick. What's the title of the next thing, Tim? Mega Drive Soundship in a plug-in? <laughs> Pull a face and do a YouTube Whoa, thumbnail. What's this? Whoa! Yeah, the Sega Mega Drive sound chip is now available as a plugin. Does that turn you on? Um, no, not really, mate, because oh. Sega Mega Drive sounds are kind of like really basic FM. I've got FM8, mate, so if I want to do FM, that's not really a problem. So you know if what someone I'm puts a if someone puts a NES sound chip in a plugin, you'd be happy. But if someone puts a more... No, no, I don't want a NES thing. I don't want, like, you know, some basic oh. uh, wave shapes. Well, let's not cover this then. Oh, no, Cause... let's... No, hey, mate, we're already talking about it and I'm being hilarious, so okay. I think we should carry on. I tell you what um, What chip does interest me is... <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in, guys. You're about to be taken to Entertainment Central. This is Tim Kent's yeah. chips I'd like let me to fuck. Let me talk about... <laughs> Let me talk about video game sound chips. There's only one that I feel stands above all others. Is it the Game Boy? No, hell no. It's the Commodore 64 SID chip, baby. Of course. Which was capable of some amazing sounds. Let's not think about that right now. Oh, actually, this is actually available oh, as a proper plug-in. So let's have a little look at it, shall it we? It is a proper plug-in. And some people might be interested in getting the classic sounds of the Mega Drive. Hey, maybe you're not as cool as us. Maybe you want to make some Mega Drive noises. Ooh. Like that. Funny. No, that's not going to be a Mega Drive sound chip. FM synthesizer. This sounds nothing like a Mega Drive. Emulation of the Yamaha YM2612 sound chip, best known for being the vibrant voice of the Sega Genesis video game console. Oh, that sounds nothing like a Mega Drive. Extension. The Rim 26. They accidentally emul emulated a Hammond B3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. AAX right. <laughs> format for Windows and MacOS. At the heart of our plugin is a cycle. It sounds pretty cool, but nothing like a Mega Drive. Mm. It genuinely. What, what noises do Mega Drives make, James? I never had one. Well, I'm sure you've played on some emulators. I'll tell you what they do. They go bong. And they okay. make some sort of bell-esque sounds, presumably using some uh, odd harmonics. Straightforward mm. user interface. It paves the way for exciting, one-of-a-kind FM sound design. Yeah, it looks quite a lot like Operator, though, doesn't it? <laughs> one of a kind. <laughs> looks looks a lot. I think it. I think the um the Mega Drive one was. Yeah, I think it's a Yamaha one. So it basically, sounds like a DX7. Yeah. Basically. On CP. Which should uh, turn you on a bit. Yeah, I mean, I like that stuff. You know me. Sorry, I keep saying turn you on today. Oh, I'm already very turned on. That's Rimcast. Rimcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Now you've got my attention. So this is a, a sidecar plugin called Rimcast. Can you imagine looking through your 12-year-old son's plugin list? Oh no. Looking through his plugin folder, Sebastian, what is Rimcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be like, look, son. You've clearly got your hustle going. You're casting your rim all over the place. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> Contribute some money to uh, the rent. Um, so that's... It's on sale now. 
for 25 euro clams or dollar clams. Good clam rate. Regular price, 49 euro clams or dollar clams. Good clam rate. Um, so, yeah, worth checking out, I guess, if uh, you're in. I mean, it really didn't sound like uh, retro video games to me. But, hey, what do I know? Okay, so last time we were talking about the infamous saga of Katy Perry. You ever heard of her? Oh, yeah. Okay, bring it back, yeah. Um, I feel like we didn't do enough research beforehand to discuss it properly. This is the thing. You were giving it to me like I'd not heard about it, and you were showing it to me on the episode. So, you know, I I had my good first reaction. It's fair enough. After that, I watched uh, the Adam Neely video. Yes. And it's a good video. And uh, Neely is always sort of on the side of the lowly musician and wants to basically... Katy Perry in this case. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to Multi-millionaire basically... Katy Perry, yeah, sure. He definitely doesn't want to extend the scope of copyright. Um, mm. He's weighed in on a lot of things like that. He's often complained that he's uh, sort of... He should be allowed to use things copyright free because he's apparently an educator despite the fact that he's got a load of views and ends up advertising but whatever mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it's a great area the video was good but then i watched another video and i realized what uh he had left out of that video was uh quite a salient bit of information oh. about the track and the case tell me so yeah you've got that synth line mm. It's kind of similar, kind of not similar. It depends how you look at it. I still don't think that synth line alone is worth, like, someone getting freaking copyright. No, no, it's no way near similar to similar enough, I don't think, for yeah, that. It's not worth someone getting screwed over. But there, there are more similarities between the tracks, Ugh. such as at the start of one, uh, there's a rapper saying, you'll know who it is. Yeah, but... And at the start of the other, there's a rapper saying, you know who it is. But you all do know who it is. Many, many (laughs) hip-hop songs have that sort of shit at the start, mate. I I think the the point is here, the, um, to me, at the moment, okay, if you got one element that sounds a bit like another thing, then you shouldn't get fucking thrown in prison and hanged. Mm. If you've got two elements that sound like another thing, then you're starting to get a bit holistic here. And it's starting to be like, oh, the whole product has multiple similarities. And I think when you have multiple similarities, having one compared to two, it's more like one squared compared to two squared. So having two similarities is way bigger it than exponentially just twice. increases. Exactly. The, okay. That's what I reckon. Like there are two very well, one incredibly similar element and another sort of synth attitude which is a bit similar as well. Now I'm not saying that therefore the copyright um, case should have gone the other way, mm-hmm. or that it was justified in going the way it was. I'm still not. I haven't listened to them enough to just give an opinion on the songs themselves but certainly looking at a lot of the coverage that was made of it by youtube and technically a little bit via us mm. some things were left out and th- i think there are they are more similar now even more important is our lovely patreon supporters had a bit of a discussion about it as well oh, okay I, I think it's worth uh it's worth letting them weigh in on it 
Yeah, why not? For example, Johan London said, it's not good for music, but I have to say it's almost impossible the producers didn't import the flame track and use it as a reference track. <gasps> oh, ref- mate. Got a reference. He, sa- he says as well, in combination with the intro vocal, it's pretty clear they used it as a reference. And uh, Dr. Luke has been involved in other cases where he stole melody, lyrics, and music from the same song, all settled out of court. (laughs) So, again, if you look at what, let's say, what the jury would have been presented with, Mm. they would have been like, listen to this entire song. Now listen to this other entire song. And they weren't just presented with one synth line and another synth line like you presented me with. They would have been presented with a whole case on... Look at a massive load I of think, context. I think the freaking flame song sounds loads more like Mims than it does the Katy Perry tune or whatever. So I think it's just a bit fucking rich, basically. Uh, he goes on to say, Jan, I'm all for borrowing and stealing, but you got to do it with finesse and make something your own. I don't... I, I agree with I that. Would, you can all agree with that, right? Yeah, um, you can agree with that. Okay, I can agree with that. That's a fair point, Johan. But I would not. If I'd... So I'd heard the Katy Perry track before. If I'd heard the Flame track as well, I would not have thought, oh man, those are pretty similar. I wonder if there'll be a copyright case about this. Okay. I would have thought... I would have much more likely thought that about the Flame track and the Mims track. But uh, whatever, basically. I, this is all, I guess, a bit... Um, Subjective, I yeah, suppose. And you you've got one narrow perspective. Um <laughs> my perspective's not that narrow, mate. It's broad. Well narrow. <laughs> oh man. Also on Patreon, Michal says in all the cases that have been in the public eye so far, I see how the original deserved credit. In the Robin Thick case, I thought it was a blatant ripoff. Just like I did, Tim. Oh, you guys are full of shit. Carry on. Why shouldn't the original artist get credit? Is it okay to steal intellectual property? Yes. Huh, Tim? Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. there you it's go. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> when we uh, we recorded our No Scrubs remix last, uh, last time, I, we should have... We really should have just put in some synth going, whoop, boop, boop, Oh, God, no. Boop, boop. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just would have been perfect timing. Oh, it really would. Anyway, I don't think that Adam Neely's case that it's a massive problem for music is quite true. But I do think the trajectory is probably wrong. Like we were saying, it's going to be three companies who own all the intellectual yeah, property. Yeah, it's the fat end of the wedge, mate. Do you but, mm-hmm. Right. There are some people out there who seriously want to just remove all copyright law. Yeah. And it's it, it would be a radical difference, but it would be a system that technically works, obviously works for some people, doesn't work for other people. Mm. But I, I've seriously been thinking about it. Obviously, I'm in no position to do it, and I'm not saying I think it's a good thing. I've just been thinking about it <laughs> a lot. And cover, you, cover your ass here, James. Come on. You can see how it would work. So like, look, you can copy anything with impunity, and all that matters is that you have intentionality behind it, and that's where the value comes from. Mm-hmm. But in that sort of anarchist copyright state... Mm. Uh, 
the companies wouldn't make any money out of that because well, we, they're devoid of creativity. Well, you'd, you'd have to rethink your whole economic system, basically. And this is leading us into a much broader discussion where I talk about communism. <laughs> um, so, And also in that system, you could, like, you could just say, you could literally just copy and paste someone's thing and say you made it, promote it better and make more money. Okay, look, here's the thing. Let's get real, James. I look. Don't tread on me. Basically, uh-huh. I want to be able to sample. Sorry, I was. I was. I'll sit down. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Please, Still, uh, particularly that part of me. I want to just be able to sample what I want and make tunes and put them out in a very minor way without fucking people like hitting me up with copyright strikes. Basically, underground dance music is one of the few pure joys left in this fucking world and one day it's going to be impossible to get your music out there if you're using samples because some fucking google drone will hover down at your window and shine an led light in your face and arrest you yeah we, that's the future we're heading towards we got a copyright uh not strike but i i've started putting a few more podcast episodes on the youtube channel which of course are getting zero Fut- futile zero views um <laughs> but the one where we discussed blurred lines <laughs> For like we played it for and, 10 and seconds and I was on its side as well yeah we played it for 10 or 12 seconds and uh, oh, mate. It, we, we got a copyright I think it's copyright notice which basically says if you monetize this because of those 12 oh, seconds okay. they're getting all the money we're not our, monetizing shit from <laughs> the 2 to 4 views that track has had so oh man <laughs> um, so oh man I guess Maybe the law should be they will get AI sensors to determine who's stolen someone's thing. If you can play the game enough to beat those sensors, then you are deemed to have uh, uh, manipulated the thing enough. No, no, no. In order to get away with it. No, no, no. They'll, eventually, they'll become too sophisticated anyway. And I also, I just want to be able to sample st- stuff straight up without mucking about with it, because that is a that is a big part of like what's cool about dance music. This culture is this recycling of ideas and having them being reinterpreted in new ways and everything. Tell that to uh, a big record company. Uh, yeah, people do, people really don't seem to like my <laughs> arguments about copyright. <laughs> They're involved in any kind of business, so. Uh, yeah but like i mean i think for, for the you know for the foreseeable future the small guy i.e me should be fine basically that's 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 a quite a sunny prognosis you've got there yeah i mean like to be honest katie perry is not you know her in for cash so it's fine really it's time for a plug-in called glassy is this just going to be another sample playback thing james stay glassy tim (laughs) i always do i don't mind a glassy sound now and again now this is spectral modeling apparently not just another sample playback thing but specifically tim Mm. what sounds do you and i love the most I, ooh, what, what, what do we have a shared love of? We have a shared love of pad sounds. Oh, I love pad sounds, mate. Don't get me started. You specifically love 90s electronic pad sounds, right? I think I like digital pad sounds more than anyone else on the planet. Well, mate. Glassy is a plugin that uh, has recreated a shitload of them. Oh, really? Well, it says here that it's a tribute to the 
80s and 90s electric piano sounds. Elect- but that is equally in my wheelhouse. Electric pianos include pads, my friend. Oh, okay, okay, wicked. Oh my God, okay, can I have... I'm really excited. Can I listen to this demo? Yes, you can. Oh, Ooh, that is nice. Oh, nice. It's so relaxing. Oh, it's got soul, man. It does. If only I could play keys. Oh, makes me want to worship Jesus. I know, well, <laughs> I really do like gospel despite my secular nature. What else have we got here? Oh. oh do you know what? I can see myself using these sounds. That, this is like early Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Yeah, man, that's, that's when music technology was at its peak, mate, the early 90s. JV worthy. I've blatantly already got this sound on one of my freaking JVs, but it just sounds really nice coming out of, you know, being played by somebody with talent. Oh, I could listen to this all hour. Oh, I love a gospel chord progression, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good stuff, man. How oh. long does this video go on for? Oh my god, it's five minutes. Should we <laughs> skip to the next sound? Okay. Sounds pretty similar. Die Die Docs. Oh, I love Die Die Docs, mate. That's fine. Let's have another one. Oh. No, we got to rewind on that one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Oh. Do you know what, mate? I might have to check this out, you know. I knew you'd love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, now you just need some keyboard skills. Yeah, I know, man. Well, all I've got to do is like learn piano for like decades and decades. Oh, yeah. Oh, and there's pad. Where's oh, the yeah. pad coming from? Oh, he's got a pad generator. Hell, yeah, it oh, does. Oh, brilliant. So what's this pad generator? All it's got is an attacker release cutoff reso and a volume. So it's, you know, pretty bare bones, but it sure sounds good. Sounds fucking amazing. It sounds nice, man. Okay, let's have another one. Come on. Oh. Oh. Those pads. Yeah, come put more pads in it. Yeah, nice. Come on, give me some more. That is good, good stuff, my friends. Oh. I am pleased you found that. I just, I saw this and I thought of you. Well, that is really... Oh, what? The introductory price has already gone or whatever. Well, it's Sampleson Glassy, 29 US clams. Do you know what you can buy for 29 US clams? I don't know. It's a me. Waves plugin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So but it's putting in that Waves uh, range. You don't want to buy a Waves plugin. You want to buy this shit hot electric piano Oh, I, I really hate spending money, mate, but I do really like the look of this uh, plug-in. Um, I might have to check it out, man. I think you should. Oh my god, there's more audio demos. Oh no, okay, they were the ones we just listened to. Okay, I'm going to give this a go, I reckon, buddy. Staying on a 90s tip. Mm. Classic arcade games. How do you feel about those? I ruddy love them, mate. Give me a bit of bubble bobble any day, mate. Well, this is a MIDI controller with buttons and faders. And the buttons, Tim, what do they look like? They look like buttons that you'd find on an arcade machine. Oh, yeah. Um, the faders, though, you wouldn't find on an arcade machine. But hey, I guess you got to compromise, really. Yeah, I guess there are no variable control voltages on arcades. So no, but... What do you, what do you want, No, Tim? let me... Beef speak, James. Oh, this is very important. God's sake. What do you want? A big th- uh, throttle or something? Yeah. Are oh. you familiar with Street Fighter One? 
No, just Street Fighter 2. Yeah, no one cares about Street Fighter 1 because it was a bit rubbish. But in the arcade, it had certain cabinets where instead of just pressing a button, you'd have a pad and you could punch it oh. with various levels of velocity, one oh, might say. Oh, shit. So, yeah, so maybe they could have had some of those. Would have been a bit impractical or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, please carry on, James. Just had to get that little fact in there. Okay, fair enough. So this is uh, this is surfaced on Reddit, basically. Um, is this something that a human being has made for themselves? Yes. Or do they sell them? This is from a Reddit user whose wife makes these. Uh, called Lucky Bastards. If you go on Instagram and look for Paradise Midi. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, look at that big uh, red uh, knob there. Yeah, exactly. You've got to have a big red button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens when you press that button, James? Well, whatever you set it to in your door, my friend. That is insane so there are loads more sort of arcade style uh, i guess i guess these are just midi things or can they be used for other things i don't care i just care about midi so yeah that, that's all you care about me you're very single-minded colorful arcade style buttons which you can use as midi triggers on the backing of lovely wooden enclosures yeah i mean i guess that would make like because let's face it arcade buttons are usually quite a lot nicer than the buttons that you'd get on uh, your standard MIDI controller. Well, they're designed to be fast. Mmm, yeah. Fast of use. Uh, you got some knobs on one of them as well, eight eight buttons and four knobs. Uh, the one we were looking at before has sort of, uh, what, 18 faders, 18 buttons, and then a bank of uh, 30 buttons. That's a lot of buttons. You can, they'll they'll sort of make one for you, apparently, if you uh, if you want. Uh, I bet it's going to cost quite a lot, though. Yeah, I mean, handmade, bruv. But man, you've got to love those uh, arcade-style buttons. You'll be, uh, you'll be bashing through your tracks like no one's business. If you were going to get a custom uh, MIDI controller made, what would it look like, James? Well, if I was a fan of speed drum and bass, it would look a lot like an arcade-style one. Yeah. Um, what would mine look like? I have um, always liked the idea of those ones that you can piece together into your own custom system. Like some kind of modular system. Mm, modular MIDI controller system. Okay. Um, but MMS. Re- realistically, what do I need? I need... Mm, I don't know. I think partially I need a controller that has some computer functionality as well. So, you know, something I could scroll through a transport with. Oh, my something... God. All right there, Lord Fauntleroy. What? <laughs> Just, you know, let's go realistic. I would. I know. Because I MIDI controllers can do transport functions as well. Sure. So play, pause, blah, blah, blah. You know, I use the play button quite a lot when I'm making music. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. I, I listen to a little, like, fraction of a second. Think, maybe, oh, God, this sounds awful. Maybe a little die. Maybe a little scrub wheel. Oh, okay. Um, well, maybe you could have, like, a Missile Command or Marble Madness-style trackball to... Yeah, uh, that would be I great. Um, I don't know what... I, th- I mean, realistically, I wouldn't use buttons for that much. No. Um, I wouldn't use faders for that much because they're not endless. Endless knobs I could get with, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm just not very tactile on the fly about when I make music. It's all about mouse and keyboard, baby. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. It's more about programming elaborate setups. Yeah. That you have to go back to and tweak later. <laughs> so, I like that. I, it's not the kind of thing I can do by feel. I'm not a feeling person. I'm a robot. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we've got that established. I need to uh, make music on the computer while eating nuts and bolts. <laughs> That's a very healthy robo diet you've uh, got there. Fair play. <laughs> well, at least they've got the nuts in there.
Right, Tim, we are going to record this now, but it's not necessarily going to go into this episode. Oh my god. Uh, we're going to talk happening? we're going to talk about Loop Cloud. Oh, okay. So, I um, we both do some work for Loop Masters. We say that right up front. Disclaimer. I was contacted uh, this week to do the press release for Loop Cloud version 5. Oh my god, already? Yeah, already. They're very quick and very good. And we both use Loop Cloud quite a lot. It's uh, really convenient. It's really good. Uh, but Loop Cloud 5, my friend, um, <laughs> is really bad and they've taken all of the features out. No, it's really good. Uh, Loop Cloud 3 and 4 were, they, they were decent updates, but they pale in comparison oh, to really? Loop Cloud 5. Mate, there is a lot of stuff going on now. Really? Okay, so the interface is completely changed. Oh my um, God, it's, really? It's had an overhaul, uh, which wasn't really necessary, but fair enough. Are we uh, allowed to talk about this? No, we're not allowed to talk about it until it gets put out later. Sorry, you did explain. I've got a load of new features to lay down on you, and all Ooh. of these are going to be like, <laughs> all of these are going to be like, oh, well, I didn't think about that, but that's a great idea. Well, we'll see about that, mate. Okay, first of all, multi-track. It's like a door now. Well, it's not like a door, but you know how you use your Loop Cloud plugin and you search for some, let's say, your bass sounds? Yeah. You could load a second Loop Cloud plugin on a keys track and search for keys sounds in a different search bar in Loop Cloud. Oh, I see. So thereby you could say go for kick and bass and audition different ones together. It's nice. It's useful. It's good. There are now effects in Loop Cloud. Uh, there is reverb, distortion, delay, vinyl stop, reverser, and panner. And I guess that'll render that to the samples or and whatever I, if you want to bring them out. Yeah, you, you can. You, I believe you can drag the sam- the original sample or the processed uh, effects that, version. That tends to be how Loop Cloud works. I believe more effects are coming. Um, two new plugin instruments. What? Huh? It you, hasn't had plugin instruments in what? the past. What? Well, it's had a plugin which you can use to connect it to your door, but these yeah. are plugin instruments. How does this work? Well, the first one is a drum machine. What? So you load the Loop Cloud drum machine plugin in your door, mm. and it will automatically connect to Loop Cloud, and you've got a bunch of kits. You can drag samples. Well, you've got a lot of ready made kits, 10 of which you get for free. Okay. And you can load it up, and it's got all the samples from Loop Cloud. Mm. And you can, I believe, I'm not sure if you can replace individual samples from Loop Cloud, but you can sort of audition different kits from Loop Cloud mm. with the drum machine plugin open and mm. Loop, Loop Cloud running, running and um, audition the kits without buying them. Sick. Or when you found one you like, having auditioned it in your project with all your other tracks and channels going then you can buy it. Yes, I feel like this is uh, consumer-friendly, so it, I'm on board with that. It works. I'd never thought of it, but it works because it's another way to hook it up to the big-ass sample um, sample cloud that you have running in the program. Mm. Uh, the other instrument is in, is of a similar bent, but it deals with multi-samples. Okay. Oh, wicked. Multi-sampled instruments. So, well, that's something that I feel like I don't really go to Loop Cloud for, so it's good that yeah. they're putting that in. So I, I think a lot of artists and labels have basically gone through their Loop Masters hosted stuff and turned a lot of their things into creative and cool new instruments, mm. which you can audition because Loop Cloud is open with all the loops in it and they're free to audition. You can audition them in this multi-sampled instrument plugin 
in your project at sort of low quality and then only when you want to uh, pay for it with credits do you pay for it with credits. That sounds pretty sensible. It's sensible. I mean, it's a bit of a mouthful to explain, mm. but no one ever really needs to explain it. You just use it and it's great. Um, there is going to be a web-based version browser. Oh, okay, it's right. It's not going to have all the awesome functionality of being able to connect it to your door, of course. Mm-hmm. But you can browse for samples online and access basically the same stuff and search for tags and all stuff like that. Like a lot of the other sample um, companies do, where it's basically online, whereas Loop Cloud is a, its own application. Uh, but now, Loop Cloud can be on the web as well. Crazy! Mm. They they're really going. They're going pedal all to the in. metal with yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check this out. Uh, it's also got Dropbox style storage for your own samples. You so you can store your own library on the cloud. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the limits are or whatever, but let's say you've got a, a relatively modest sample collection on mm. your computer. You can just say, okay. I don't want to host this anymore on my uh, uh, important and sacred hard drive space. <laughs> I think it'd be crazy to not have it on your own hard drive. I'm going to sync it to Loop Cloud and not have to carry it around with me anymore on the computer. And I can download it and audition it with all the other Loop Cloud sa- samples whenever I want and re-download the bits, just the ones that I need. And it'll be sort of... It's, it's Dropbox-style syncing, basically. Yeah, uh, right. I don't know how much storage you get. Well, this is the thing, mate, because my sample library is nearly half a terabyte at this stage. Well, I think here's one positive thing about it as well. That's um, I think a lot of people's samples will actually be Loopmaster samples. Mm. Not not all of them, of course. But if you do sync a bunch of your own samples into Loop Cloud, and it sort of analyzes them, tags them for you. A lot of those samples, it will already have anyway because they're Loopmaster samples and it won't actually need to upload it. It'll just say, oh, I know that. I've already oh, got really? it. Is I'll just true? add it to your collection. Well, if you've got Loopmaster samples as part of your sample okay, library, right. you should be able to recognize it and say, well, I don't need to add that. I don't need to upload it because I've already got it. So I'll just put mm. it in your collection and I know that it's yours. Mm. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. In theory, it works. Like I'm not... A hundred percent on the so details you're guessing, here. Basically, you're yeah. talking out of your ass. Okay, okay. But the headline okay. is storage for your own samples. Okay, yeah, wow. Which is really cool. Um, that is that is most of it. There are a lot of little bits as well. But that's huge for a, a yet another update that's only taken a few months. Yeah, that's mad, man. It's really going big. What's the interface like? Uh, the interface is interesting. It's it's a bit nicer. They've got new uh, branding on it, which is fair enough. It's a bit easier to use. Um, mm. I it didn't hugely need it, but it's nice to have it. Mm. Sick. Um, I guess they kind of had to do that because they're using the same interface they had at uh, Loop Cloud version 1, and now they've added a bunch more stuff to sort of cramp up the interface a bit, like all the chopping and sample editing and stuff. Mm. So it's it's worthy, especially if you're adding multi-track stuff in there, you sort of need to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see what the interface looks like. I do feel like that that was uh, something that was lagging on, behind on or whatever. I mean, it, wasn't, it just wasn't as pretty as the uh, splice stuff. No, but know. it functioned really well. And I, I like how the, the Loop Cloud plugin works. And I've got high hopes for these uh, sort of drummer plugin and uh, instrument plugins. Mm. And if, if they're sort of curated sets of sampled kits and sampled instruments, 
And that's really good. It'll be really nice to see how it works. Yeah, I mean, like for me, the important thing here looking at the big picture is they do seem to be advancing their product a lot quicker than Splice. Yeah, all the time, new updates and huge updates, especially this one. This is massive. And again, this isn't paid. We do work for them sometimes. (laughs) And this is how I know about this. But... This is genuinely a great thing, and that's why we're talking about it. Well, this does sound like an advert, James, which I know you were very keen to avoid <laughs> our show sounding like. Yeah, but so as, <laughs> many, as many disclaimers as possible, this is uh, a really interesting thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's fair enough how you can use Loot Cloud. Like, you can use your own sample library in Loot Cloud anyway. So you could do quite a lot of stuff in it free, and they're giving you some kits and everything. So I yeah. feel like, I don't feel like it's a cynical money grab. No, it's, or a, it's only ever making it like better and more versatile well this is the thing i really do feel like that the future is making stuff just like a nicer experience for the consumer and not like trying to give them the hard sell and trying to rinse loads of cash out of them all the time so i think yeah this does feel like a you know a decent direction for them to go in no i think it is moving a bit more towards uh subscription option side of things there is definitely a loop cloud light and by the way i haven't said any of this because it's not fully 100 percent decided but there are different tiers of subscriptions that give you different oh, credits. Oh, sub- there is actually a subscription now. Yeah, I believe you can dip in and out of that on the different tiers. And you can stay on the free Loop Cloud Lite. And I'm not entirely sure how it works. That's why I haven't said much about it. Uh, the pricing that I've seen, which is just uh, sort of in advance indicative pricing, seems pretty fair. Uh, but anything could change at this point. Because it's as we're recording this, it's not released. But we're going to put it in a later episode. But mm. I sort of wanted to say I knew about this ahead of time. <laughs> and so we're talking about it while no one else knows about it, but just me. Okay. Uh, but we're going to publish it when everyone else knows about it. Anywho. Sick. I, they really are, uh, shall we say, uh, mobile, you know? When are Splice going to strike back? Um, I don't know if they will. Splice got a lot of sort of corporate money behind them. Mm. And I mean, Splice have got the whole rent to buy plugins thing, rent to own stuff, which is yeah, I mean, that's very people strong. People seem to love that shit, man. And fair, you know, and fair play to them. Uh, what I mean, what can you get on that now? You can get studio, loads of like you get Studio One on it, Isotope stuff on it. There was some. I've seen them. They've added some other new stuff recently or whatever. Uh, I can't remember. Arturia V Collection. Oh, nice. I don't know if that's on the rent to own, but you can buy it through it. Mm. Um, soft tube is starting to come up on there now as well and of mm. course you can get serum it's all good stuff but yeah really i guess in the battle of the big ass sample brands the uh real beneficiary is uh <laughs> <laughs> the consumer i was gonna say you and me as uh, in yeah yeah because, yeah. They, because they pay us to make promotional videos <laughs> but what i mean is the consumer yeah you yeah, and yeah. Me, the, the consumer's consumer. doing great give us the money <laughs> Oh, God, I feel like a shill. You are a sh- Dr. Shillington. Uh, congratulations. Um, well, it's, yeah, I mean, to be honest, mate, I'm still butthurt that Loot Masters took their samples out of Splice. Because back in the day, I could just go to one place for all my goodies, mm. and now I have to go to two places. Well, now you can see why. Well, yes, yes. I mean, the thing is, this does feel like the whole Netflix thing, where they're like there used to be only one game in town, and now... Uh, you have to, if you really want everything, 
you have to subscribe to a load of different things. Well, I don't think there ever was one game in town. I mean, yeah, I guess talking May, about back in the day, Netflix Lugman. was like the it was really well. Yeah, I'm talking about samples, not about films. I know this is an analogy, James. Okay, do you understand what that is? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. Exciting times. Yeah, I, I, I encourage everyone to check it out at least. And know I bet you do. Mm, uh, check in your pocket from uh, League uh, Masters. There, I see. <laughs> I didn't want to mix business and pleasure. <laughs> but you made me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number of episodes ago, I don't know how many episodes, we talked about how Spotify were going to start letting people upload to Spotify and uh, get their royalties from them. Consternation. That was sort of a beta service at the time, I think. Uh, it was called Spotify for Artists. And I found out that they have stopped it. <gasps> Shock! Yeah. So, what the hell, Spotify? Um, <laughs> it seems like. <sighs> Apparently, straight after doing that, uh, Spotify uh, bought a bit of the company DistroKid, mm -hmm. who... Uh, Renowned distribution service. Yeah, you pay them to distribute your stuff to many platforms, including Spotify. So I don't know if they were going to take a bit of DistroKid's infrastructure and use it for themselves or what, but now maybe they're just saying, well, we're just going to send people to DistroKid mm. instead of coming directly to us. Yeah, vertical integration, make that money. So yeah, they've basically reversed this decision and uh, they are closing their upload program. They're keeping the music that was uploaded. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to do any more. This is—I don't know if this is a kick in the pants or no. What? I think I think they made the right decision. Yeah, yeah. I think we need more barriers to people putting music online, not <laughs> less. Basically, certainly on my nice clean Spotify. I like Spotify as a walled garden. Okay, that's. I can see why, and I can imagine that a lot of people would have put up stuff that's just has no copyright screening whatsoever, and they've just put a load of you know risque stuff, and then Spotify is held uh, responsible for that in many ways especially thanks to Article 13. Oh my God, okay, serious anyway, business. gloss over Article 13 for a second, but it could, mm -hmm. have, could have been part of the reason. Um, you think it's a good thing? Yeah, I mean... You don't want to just be listening to Spotify and come up against a bunch of crap. Like, let's, you know, let's, let's make making music a serious business and you've got to, you know, really... You've got to be prepared to put your money where your mouth is if you want people, other people, to have to suffer through your music. I think basically, well, like there's always SoundCloud if you if you just want to put whatever old stuff up there, you know. When would you accidentally come across the democratized shite? I didn't, um, and I'm <laughs> thankful for that, and I want to make sure I never do. But when would you? When would it accidentally be given to you? I don't know, in your recommendations or something, or, the radio well, or whatever. That's yeah. the thing. They could have everyone upload all their stuff, but the walled garden that you want could be anything that's just given to you without you searching it out. Oh, no. No? No, 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 no. You're, no. Just, you're just drawing a hard border yeah, on yeah, your Yeah, exactly. I've got a backstop, mate, and it's uh, no random shit on Spotify, I think. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I mean, and also, put it on Bandcamp. Do you know what I mean? If, you know... Not everyone listens on Bandcamp. Well, exactly, mate. As an artist, <laughs> you want to be able to say, hey, click this thing, yeah, and uh, it will open in Spotify, which you're listening to anyway. Oh, let's just keep the crap off the internet, guys. Seriously. I'm not uploading my crap music. I don't see why anyone else should, basically. <laughs> That's my position, James. And I'm sticking with it. 
Tim, Waves make plugins, right? They sure do, buddy. Not anymore. $29. Not anymore. Oh. Because uh, now Waves have moved into big publishing and are releasing a book. Oh, is it a romance novel about a man who uses all legit plugins and gets amazing mixes? <laughs> uh, no, it is called Your Mix Sucks. Oh, thanks. And it well, is, it is by producer and engineer Mark Mozart. Mozart. What does Mozart know about music, mate? That's what I want to know. He must have been the childhood prodigy of uh, mix engineering. Okay, okay. Anyway, it's a it's a book about mixing by this dude, and Waves have brought it out. One downside, among others, it is an ebook. Oh well, I mean, admittedly. All the books I read are ebooks. Mm. Um, I wouldn't really read a physical book, but I can understand that a physical a physical book has a certain cachet to it. Now, apparently, it gives a complete methodology of mixing, covering technical, artistic, and personal aspects of the process. Can you guess how much this is going to cost? I've already seen, unfortunately. Uh, how much? It, well, it's forty nine clamoroos, but. Is it on sale, James? Uh, well, no, surely not. Waves wouldn't put a, anything on sale, would they? Um, they just all good. Apparently, it is. And oh, hang on, let me see if I can work out the <laughs> can sale you guess price. How much it costs? How much could the wave sale price be? Have a little guess. Carry the four. <laughs> add that plus minus. Take the differential factorial of five. Exponential uh, to the power of nine. Five. You are taking a long time to work this out. This is uh, intense. That brings us to about 87. If you divide 87 by three, you get $29. That is absolutely right, James. I am incredibly impressed at your savant-style brain work there. That is uh, good stuff, man. With my robotic brain, really. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, So would you read Your Mix Sucks? Well, if it was a book, a physical a book. A physical book. I would flick through it. Okay. If you bought it. I'm but not going to buy it. This is an ebook, And I think, although you in some world, you could say an ebook should cost the same as an actual book. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying 29 clams for an ebook. It's on the expensive side. I mean, I used to work for magazines, Tim. Oh, God, you. yeah. And uh, digital version... It's never as good. Like, the thing is, it does seem it's weird it's not an actual book because you, you still think of Wayne Waves as, like, a kind of premium brand. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you? I do. Maybe okay. they've suckered me or whatever. Uh, I, I've sort of come at Waves thinking they sell plugins for $29, but uh, uh, you know, call me crazy. I think that's just savvy business sense in this day and age, uh-huh. mate. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see. I do notice from the blurb that this dude has mixed some DMX records. So, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Well, it's fair of him to say your mix sucks. Uh, yeah, I guess he knows how to, his way around to mix or whatever. But I think it's pretty presumptuous for him to assume my mix sucks. I never get the tunes to the stage where I mix them. So, yeah. jokes on you, Mark Mozart. That is the new book from Wade. Your mix sucks. 29 clams. All right, that is enough for this particular fortnight. Thank goodness, mate. It's been uh, a very draining time for everyone involved, I imagine. Of course, just to remind you at the end, if you want to uh, donate to this uh, 
lovely podcast which we put so much effort into you can uh, find us on patreon uh, patreon.com slash a4p podcast and donate whatever the hell you want yeah give us crazy money this outro music is from one of our lovely patrons Sumerki which I believe is a collab between Sumerki and Keeper you can find this song in the show notes or at soundcloud.com slash Sumerki hyphen project I'll link to it everywhere I really like it I chose it out of all of his stuff it is called Snow Day. Enjoy. Enjoy.